Welcome everyone uh, to you to the, another growth strategy and today's topic is cold calling and tips for converting new business. This has been a massive topic um, and a lot of questions that David gets asked around these sorts of things all the time, especially for uh, our membership that are all about growth and bringing on new properties and talking to um, uh, landlords that are managing their own properties, etc. So welcome and uh, let's get started. So I'll be the moderator again today. Um, my name is Manoli Rakis. If for any of the new members that are, that are joining us, um, which will mean I'll just be overseeing the webinar and uh, clicking through the slides and all those sorts of things and monitoring the questions. Uh, for the Zoom, so this is a Zoom webinar. There's a couple of panels uh, that you need to be aware of. Now you'll see there, um, I'll just bring the mouse over. This is where you click on to find your speakers if you can't hear us. So hopefully just even clicking the mouse over there shows you where to click on. And most importantly for these webinar sessions is the Q&A um, box here. So this Q&A, this is where you ask any questions um, that we will uh, hold for the, uh, for the end and we'll ask the panelists and I'll moderate those questions. Uh, please be rest assured you will not be named and shamed. So any question uh, that you think uh, you'd like answered, put it in there. And if we don't get to all the questions, David will come back to you personally as well on, on anything that we haven't answered. Alrighty, so we've got the usual suspects here and for our new members, uh, Hamish Turner, uh, property management specialist, been, the, been in the game for a number of years. David Turnout, who a lot of you have already had contact with um, by being a member or just joining. And uh, myself, Manoli Rakis, so I've got a, an accounting uh, practice and also do business coaching and mentoring. And then we've got Ashley, uh, business development manager at Ray White, which is awesome to have her um, on board. I just wanted to give a little bit of a bio on Ashley um, before we kick off into the webinar. Ashley's passion for people and property over this time has been recognized within the Ray White group with a, numerous awards including New Start Property Manager in 2016, International Property Manager of the Year in 2017-2018, Property Manager of the Year 2018, and she's been awarded a premium member of the Ray White Group since 2016 through to 2020. Ashley is also an, accredi an accredited property manager through REINZ, which is awesome, great qualification. Ashley demonstrates a high level of customer service, and this is something she values highly. Ashley's high level of service and in-depth knowledge of the industry are skills that she shares with, our, with the whole property management team, and her focus is to work with property managers to provide landlords and tenants with the best service possible, and this is making sure that they have second to none service. Outside of the office, Ashley enjoys training and competing in Waka Armour and dragon boating, walking her adorable dog and spending time with her family and friends. So we're really privileged to have Ashley here today, which is awesome. Okay, the agenda guys for today, uh, I'll do a, um, a small mindset on the sales process wheel. Um, then we'll pass over to Ashley and get her insights on tips for converting new uh, business. Then David will run through his tips and then Hamish will run through his tips. So you're going to get some really, really good stuff here today, guys. So please take some notes, ask some questions uh, throughout the, um, the webinar. All right, as you know, I always like to start with uh, a thought for the day and to also um, re, sort of repurpose what um, Hamish Turner and Associates is all about. Hamish Turner and Associates, the core purpose is to empowering property management. And that's what we're trying to do and what we've been developed over the last two years. And it's been awesome. So with that core purpose in mind, we're here to share with you practical things that you can do to grow your property management business and share with you support that's out there and how we can assist you uh, with your growth amb ambitions. Problem solving is an act of defining a problem, determining the cause of the problem, identifying prioritizing and selecting alternatives for a solution and implementing a solution. So great little um, uh, thought for the day is sell the problem you solve, not the product you have. And so many of us fall into that gap 
where we're telling people uh, all about our features and benefits, but we're not talking about how we uh, are solving people's problems. Alrighty, so the um, the mindset for today is is called the sales process, and how this works is um, there's a seven it's a seven step process, and it starts with one. Number one is problem identification. So ask better questions. This is where you need to uh, uh, first understand some context before you get the content. And you know you when you're talking to um, a potential landlord. Um, you need to understand well, what are their actual problems. You know, um, you might by asking great questions, you might actually find that then they they haven't just rung about what's the property management fee and what services do you offer. If you ask some good questions, you might find out that the actual problems um, that you've that you've been able to get out of that landlord is that they've had heaps of bad tenants, or they've been to the tribunal three or four different times, and they're really struggling. Property's been damaged, so. By asking good questions and identifying what the actual problem is, you are able to then offer some solutions. Number two, value articulation. So this is where we need to talk about the value that that will bring to the client. And and is it one-off or is it reoccurring? Is it financial or non-financial? And is it solving a problem? And is it related to maybe the three freedoms? You've heard me talk about that before. Financial freedom, mind freedom, and time freedom. An example of that would be, you know, if um, someone, if a landlord's had some missed um, arrears with their rent, or um, it's been vacant for a, for a number of time, that's some financial stress there. So you might be able to offer some financial freedom there. You might be able to also offer uh, an increase to ten dollars a week, get a better t- qualified tenant, offer landlord insurance, all of those sorts of things. So once you've asked those good questions in, in step one then you can articulate some of the value that you're going to bring to the um, to, to them. Right, once you've done that, you want to explore the options. You want to be able to give your client the control. So giving them and providing them with a series of yeses. And so what we don't want to do is just fire off a proposal too quickly. We want to really then sort of say, well, these are the things that we can do for you. And remember, hone back on to the problems and uh, that you have identified, the value that you're going to bring, and then hone in on um, options and give them a series of options. And I know some people have a, um, a scale of property management fees and services, but even then, if you don't, if you're just like a one-stop, um, one, one price for everything, still articulate and give people some options around how they can work with you. Number four, get conceptual agreement. So this is where, this is wait, this is all before you send out a proposal, guys. So first of all, you're, you, you've got the, you've answered, um, asked great questions, you've articulated your value, you've explored the options of how you can solve their problem. And now it's time to get conceptual agreement. And with this is just, it's a verbal agreement. Do this face-to-face if you can. I know in the current times are a bit hard, but even if it's on Zoom, so that you can you know, outline the opportunity, the objectives that you're going to measure with them so that you can, when you check in with them every three months, you can tick off, have we, have we achieved those um, objectives we set out right at the start? This is stuff that other people aren't doing. What it also does is that if you're not achieving those um, objectives, then the, it gives the landlord the opportunity to actually say, hey, look, we, I thought you were going to do this and you haven't done it. It gives you the opportunity then to make it right. Instead, instead of waiting for them to actually send you a transfer notice. So this is, this is really important. You get a chance here to get, articulate your value and all the deliverables, timing and price. So you do this all verbally up front. And this is, this is semi a, a contract now once, you're, once you've got conceptual agreement from the, from the uh, potential landlord, which is awesome. Then number five is when we send the proposal. And this has got to be quick, guys. And I, I think you'll see... Uh, this during the uh, presentation today, that you know, do this quickly within 24 hours of getting conceptual agreement. Capture everything that you, um, all the words that they use, the the pain that they had in their um, when you asked them their problem identification part, all of those sorts of things. Get that in the proposal and send it out really, really quickly. And then with the once you've sent that proposal, just make it really easy for them to accept it and um, sign the agreement. So send the agreements out with your proposal um, or, or set up with um, 
DocuSign or a document signing type uh, facility that they can sign it on their phones. You know, make this easy. Make this part easy that they don't have to go and print something off, sign it, scan it, send it back to you. They can do it on their phone somehow. They can sign it with um, PDF document signs and all that sort of stuff. We use DocuSign, which is, which is pretty cool. And then the delivery of the service. So this is where, you know, when you're catching up with... Um, with your landlords, your new landlords, new signups that you get them, you know, every three months you check in with them against those objectives, get three things of value that, um, that, you, that they are experiencing from you. And if you find that difficult, just ask for two or one or whatever it might be, but get them to articulate some value back to, back to you and write that down, have it on the, on the file note there for, the, um, for that property and the landlord. Um, write down all the little things that you've done write down that you're ticking off those objectives for them. So, so it's really articulating your value back all the time. So guys, that's the sales process. Um, and I think the main, main thing here is that we too often send out proposals um, when someone rings us and says, I'd like to look at your management. Uh, can you send me a proposal or can you send me some uh, information on what you do? And we just send out proposals and emails in this before we've even done these four steps. And so if you guys can think about that, use these four steps first before sending out the proposal and then have good follow-up and, um, and check in that you're, you're, you're um, delivering on what you said you would do. All right, so we'll just get Ashley, if you could um, mute yourself there and um, we'll get you on board now. Hello, can you all hear me okay? We can hear you good. So cool. um, I'll pull your slide up. And just let me know when you want to pass, um, go through the next one. Cool, yeah. thank you. Yeah, so um, I just thought I'd touch on some of the things that I find um, are the most helpful for me when I'm trying to convert new business um, and what I think are the most important areas to sort of focus on. Um, so the first point here that I've got, knowing know your stuff and never stop learning. I think this is one of the most important parts of the whole process for, for a business development manager anyway, because um, we're trying to add value to our clients. So it's really important that you can show that you can actually add value right from the start of the process when they're meeting you um, through to when they they get their property manager um, throughout that whole process. So um, it's all good and well to, you know, be a sales shark and, and what have you, but it's really important that you are educating yourself on the ins and outs of not only the legislation, because that's changing all the time, but also how your business is run, because every property management office is run very differently. Um, so it, get familiar with you know, what your property managers are doing, what their process and procedures are, um, so that when a landlord is asking you, well, what, you know, what, what is the process if, you know, the tenant abandons the property or what have you, then you actually know and understand what that is yourself. Um, and then there's no surprises later on as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think for me, because I've come from a property management background, it's not hard for me to, to know what that process is. So, I think having confidence in that as well, the more familiar you are with those processes and the legislation and what have you, the more um, confidence your clients can have in you too, which, um, you know, obviously helps when you're converting the new business. Um, the second point, build trust by listening. I think all too often we go into, um, into a sign-up with the intention of obviously getting the business, which is what we want ultimately but I think it's also really important to listen to what they actually need in, in our service um, as we all know every property manager will deal with situations differently but also every landlord wants a different kind of service um, so it's important that you're not over promising and under delivering um, and just making sure that yeah like I said you're listening to what they want so you can ask questions like what kind of, you know, what, what kind of process would you like to see uh, around, for example, maintenance? So I quite often will ask landlords, um, do you want us to tell you about maintenance uh, every single time it comes through? Or do you want us to put a $300 cap? And if it's over $300, we tell you about it. Um, and if it's over, uh, under that, we just get it sorted for you and let you know, you know, when the invoices come through. Or, um, or do you not want to know about anything and you trust us and you're happy with us to just get everything sorted? So it's, again, about tailoring that service to each landlord so that 
they're actually paying for what they want. Um, and um, also communicating that level of, um, making sure that that level of communication is upheld as well. So it's really easy for us to go into that, into that sign up and say, oh yeah, we're going to do this, that and the other. And then it can quite quickly drop off if it's not communicated properly to the property manager or whoever's taking over that new business. So um, also just making sure that the whole team know what the, what the expectation is there. Um, third, the third one, I think this is one of the most important parts of converting new business and probably because I'm, I've got really high expectations myself and I really value when someone can off the bat tell me what their point of difference is and why I would hire them or use them or whatever over someone else. Um, I think you need to know and understand your team um, and you also need to know and understand that it's your, your landlord's biggest investment. So how can you expect them to trust you to look after the investment if you don't, if you don't know? Um, so sometimes it comes down to research. When I, when I moved into the business development role in May, I did mystery shopping and I mystery shopped every single property management company that I was going to be coming up against so that I know that when I am going into, um, into a meeting with a client, a potential client, that um, I know what our, our points of difference are and so I can communicate that to them so that if, you know, they're saying, oh, well, I had someone yesterday actually said to me, the fees, your fees are um, a bit more expensive than um, this other company that I was going up against. And actually our fees weren't too dissimilar. Um, they were just laid out really differently on the fee schedule. And I know that because I mystery shopped and I did my research. So I think um, that is really important as well. And you don't want to get hung up on what your competitors are doing, but it's also, it is also important to understand um, what you do that they don't do. Um, so don't be afraid to get familiar with that. Um, and I also have like two points of difference that I know and can explain right off the bat. So those are those are sort of the two things that I'll make sure that I get in there. Um, and I think personally, I reckon that probably is what converts ninety percent of my business because I'm so I'm so sure of it. Um, again, it comes down to that confidence. So when I you know when somebody asks me or when I can explain to them what our point of difference is, it's sort of like, well, why would you go with anyone else when they've got this amazing thing in their service? Or, you know, it's kind of like your secret spices of KFC, I guess. Um, practice what to say. Um, get familiar with what, what you want to say. Get familiar with objections. Um, there's nothing worse than being caught off guard when something comes up, because it will always come up. Um, someone did once tell me that, I can't remember who it was, that it's never about the price. Um, they said, when you go to the supermarket and you buy a bottle of wine, you judge the quality of the wine on the price. If you can show the quality of the service um, you provide them, then the price shouldn't matter. Um, and to be honest, like, the fees don't change too much across the board. So, um, you know, usually it's only a couple of dollars. And the ones who are getting hung up on the price, sometimes they're the clients that you don't necessarily want or need. So um, just make sure that, yeah, you, you know what you're selling um, and, and when those objections come up, you know exactly what you need to say um, to get them over the line because the, the price shouldn't really matter um, at the end of the day. Um, I did have a, a landlord say to me recently, um, oh, this company's fees aren't as high as yours. And I just said back, I bet the service isn't, isn't as high as ours either. So just little things like that that you know that you can kind of smash out and, um, and, and say with confidence so that they can have confidence in you. Um, and the other side of it as well is that, you know, you, you could ask them, why, why do you, would you get a handyman, for example, to build your house? And I'd guarantee that I'll say no so why would you get anybody else to look after your biggest investment why would you trust someone who's cheaper um, to look after your investment just because they're cheaper so um, those are a couple of things objections that I find um, that are good to have the answers to um, know your numbers know your statistics you can say till the cows come home that you guys are good at what you do but 
be able to prove it. Show, show, um, you know, tell them what their what your arrears rate is, or your days on market, or your vacancy rate, um, at the very minimum, and make sure you're updating these every week. Um, I hate nothing more than when I lose a management to a company who have told the landlord that they've already got a tenant for the property, which we know happens all the all the time, only to see it rented um, or still unrented three to four weeks later when your average days on market is lower than that. So if you can prove, you know, like I would be saying to them, well, um, can they prove that they've got this, this tenant waiting for you? Um, because I can prove that our average days on market is 14 or whatever it is. Um, and the last one, follow up, follow up, follow up. It speaks for itself. Um, but heaps of the business that I have converted have, I've been, some of them I've been working for with for, for months and even years. Um, I converted a new business um, just this week and I've been working with this woman since May and I've probably spent, I, I have spent a lot of hours with her. She's sort of had a bit of a um, stuff up through the company that she currently is using. Um, so we've just been sort of trying to help her out and just all I've done is been there for her, been a support for her um, through the process. And yeah, like I said, followed, followed her up. I put in my diary when her tribunal hearing was um, last week. And then afterwards I gave her a call and just said, hey, I remember your tribunal hearing was today. I just wanted to ask how it went and if everything was okay. Um, I think when people know you care, um, they, they value that. Um, so can we go to the next slide now? Um, so cold calling is not my strongest point, to be honest, but it, it doesn't help that I'm saying it's not my strongest point. Part of the problem that I've struggled with cold calling is the, um, the confidence in it and, and, and getting rid of that negative connotation around it. Um, you do have to kind of go into it with uh, different intentions of, you know, thinking that you're sitting on the couch and your landline rings and it's going to be some pest um, like the old days. So um, anyway, my first one is 10 before 10. So um, the best thing about this is that it creates a habit and the more you do, the better you'll get at it. So um, 10 calls before 10 a.m. Um, and then you'll get into the swing of it. And that's that's a non-negotiable. That's something that you do every week, uh, every day. Um, and the more, like I said, the more you do it, the better you'll get. Um, two, call with intention. Don't just pick the phone up and ring. That's the worst. Um, I've done it before. I've done it so many times. And um, I... I the phone calls, I just sound like an absolute dork. Like, I don't know. It sounds like I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, and there's no way if I was on the other end of that call that I'd be hiring that person um, to look after my my property. So um, make sure that you call with intention and um, have an agenda for the call. Do some background research. Um, are you calling them because you've seen their advertising photos on Trade Me aren't really that great and you think that you might be able to help or offer some advice? Um, but yeah, don't just call for a yarn. It never pays off. Um, three, how can I help? Um, this was probably the best advice that was given to me when I first moved into the business development role because it's so different to property management. Um, I kind of did think cold calling was just you pick up the phone and you'd force them to give you your business but it's not and once you realize the more that you can offer people and how you can help people um, again it's adding value and you can offer free advice and for us we work in an industry where there's so much advice you could give and they still are going to need you um, so you know the, the more that something as simple as hey I was just ringing to see if um if you've got um, all your healthy homes documents ready for for when you um, lease your property or if you've got your smoke alarm statement or if I can help you or give you any advice around that. Um, and whether that turns into business right then and there isn't the be-all and end-all. It's about them remembering you. You're controlling that conversation. So they might get off the phone and that night have dinner with their husband and say, oh, this person rang me today and um, she told me I needed to do this, which is really awesome. So we need to get that done and then... And, two months time when the hot water cylinder breaks and they're on holiday and they decide they actually don't want to deal with it anymore, then they you you should be the first person that they give a call to, to help. 
um, for write heaps of notes. I've got the worst memory on the planet. I forget everything. I have to, my diary is blocked out with everything. Whenever I book an appraisal, I put in the headline, the address, the name of the person that I'm meeting, where the referral came from. Um, and then in the notes section, I write down like, do they have, do I know if they've got any kids? What Do I know any information about their house? What are, what are they up to? Are they taking a lunch break at work just so that they can meet you? Are they, um, do they work from home? So that you can build that rapport and that relationship. Um, I think when people find it more personable, then they appreciate it and they understand that you're listening to them as well. Um, and lastly, don't be afraid of rejection. This is so much easier said than done. Um, but make, it's really important to try and make the goal some, that you get something from every call. Don't make the goal, well, do make the, the goal to convert business, but um, you can take so much from, from these calls and even the ones that are you're getting rejection from. You know, you might have got a phone number or an email address and even that's a win. So it's really important to try and stay positive because when we're not on um, and we're not positive, that, that comes through in, um, in our conversations. And I think people pick up on that quite easily. Um, again, like the more confident you are and happy and bubbly and whatever, um, the more likely people are going to actually like you. They're going to relate to you and they're going to want to, to, to give you their business. So, um, so don't be afraid of rejection and don't let it beat you down because the, the more you do, the, the harder it will be to convert the business. Um, what you do now you know, is where the leads will come from in the next 12 months. So it's not always you know, the be-all and end-all. I've worked, you know, I, I had a referral come to me. I've been doing this for a long time and I had a referral come to me um, from a tenant of mine um, back in 2016 uh, a couple of weeks ago so it is it is remembering that it is the long game so sometimes that rejection is um, instant but it might come back to you later on um, so it's never always a no and just be persistent and um, without being pushy um, and yeah trust yourself and everybody will trust you as well cool that's that's me awesome Ashley that's that was that's brilliant I think you did right around the, um, you know, it might be a no now, but it doesn't mean a, a no for later. And uh, and people do um, circle back. And if you just keep them on your database, keep um, giving them free education and all those sorts of things, then they do circle back after time. David, you're next up. So if you could unmute yourself and um, I'll put the slide on. Thanks, Manoli and Ashley. Um, yeah, hi, everyone. Hope your business growth is going well. Um, so my cold, cold calling tips, um, I'm like Ashley, I'm not a big fan of uh, cold calling, but these are some of the things that I used to do uh, just to help with it. Um, just definitely carry out pre-call research on who you're going to be talking to. Obviously, you know, are they a landlord or a um, an owner and investor of a rental property or likely to be in the near future. You know, maybe they're having some issues with renting out their property or it's maybe just completely vacant. And so I think by um, doing that research, you validate that, you know, you're calling an actual prospect. And that's my second point, only call prospects. You, you just want to be, um, you know, talking to people that you've done research on and, uh, and know that they, they are or going to be in the rental market. Um, don't call to make a sale, call to start a conversation. I think all too often we get on the phone and we're trying to make the sale then and there, um, which is great if you can, but I think you just, you know, we need to be aware that it's the start of a conversation cycle that's hopefully going to lead through to securing a management of a rental property. Um, be creative with your, you know, cold calling openers. I'm actually compiling a list of um, some cold calling opening sentences, and I'll put that in the next couple of days on the growth membership section of our website for you to have a look over. Be persistent. Um, it can sometimes take at least uh, four calls to get an answer from a client whether they, they want to be dealing with you. 
Um, so yeah, definitely be persistent. I think that's a theme that just keeps coming through um, every single webinar that we do. Um, persistent is just so, so key. Um, timing is also crucial for cold calling. Um, so research that I've looked at shows between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. and also 4 to 5 p.m. on a Wednesday or the or a Thursday uh, are some optimal times to be ringing people. And also, yeah, auto automate your follow-up. Um, again, that follow-up is so crucial. So anything you can do to make it easier for yourself. So if you've got a CRM system, you know, pop that lead into that system so they're going to be, you know, sent some newsletters uh, after you've made that call. Um, and just my next slide there, Manoli. Um, some tips for new business conversion. Practice your closing lines. Um, closing lines are just so important because it really can help to get a client, you know, over the finishing line. Um, you know, my favorite closing line was with clients was, you know, is there any reason why we can't get the management agreement um, signed up today? And um, I think that that opened up, you know, a yes or a no. And if it was a no answer, you, you know, you go to, you know, why can't we get it signed today? Um, follow up your leads quickly. Uh, I think we've all been in a situation where we may have left it too long to follow up uh, with an owner and then another BDM or property manager has follow up, followed up quicker than us and managed to secure that management. So it is really um, important to follow up, you know, either the same day or the, or the next day. So definitely follow up quickly. Um, I think it's really uh, have an incentive to offer if necessary, if you're, you know, dealing with an owner who's just not quite sure whether they want to, you know, sign up with you or not. Um, sometimes just having an incentive um, to offer can get, get them across the line. And I think it's really important to measure your conversion rates. Um, I think you can, you know, sometimes if you're not measuring that, you can, you know, look back on six months of leads that you've dealt with and, you know, not know how what percentage of those leads you've converted over to new managements. And I mean, if you find it slow, it just allows you to go back and look at, okay, what's working and what's not working. And yeah, I, I, I do find a lot of, um, you know, BDMs don't, don't always measure their conversion rates. And I think it's a really good, good thing to look at and definitely evaluate. Um, so those are my tips. Um, thanks very much, Benoli. Cheers, David. That's awesome. Um, well, I'm a big fan of measuring the conversion rates as well because it enables you to uh, also check um, your, where the breakdown is. Is it between you uh, getting conceptual agreement that you're not getting or is it after you've got conceptual agreement but you're not uh, getting them to sign up so it gets you gives you opportunity then to um, you know highlight and hone in on the areas that aren't quite working Hamish you're next up so I can see you've unmuted I have over to you quicker than usual I'm a bit slow with that don't I so um hi everybody um thanks for tuning in today thank you Ashley for presenting um, I did have a, a big smile when I was listening to Ashley and I saw the first slide and it said follow up, follow up, follow up because a lot of you guys would have heard me saying many, many times it's, it's all about follow up and I love the fact that you had the in, um, big capitals because um, it's so true. So, um, sometimes it takes um, um, a year and, and sometimes it takes four weeks. It's just but that, that, that key is that follow-up. But anyway, um, the other thing too, David, I didn't realise um, that there was optimal times for calling all these years. Um, I didn't realise I could have been turning in and um, that, that, was, that was some good information too. But anyway, I'll, I'll talk through my tips here. Um, scripts for HCA resource uh, from our resource library. Um, I don't like the word cold calling. It is a, it's a common sort of... Um, 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 referred to words, but um, I, I prefer the word, as, as a lot of you know, love calls or um, uh, touch touch points um, or adding value calls. 
Um, cold calling has got a, a bit of a negative connotation with it. So, but on on our um, on our resource library, if you, you some of you would be aware because you've touched them, but there's about half a dozen documents with loads of uh, scripts and dialogues there um, on those those cold calling to help you. So you don't have to go away and, and work out what to say. It's all just sitting in there. So feel free to have a have a look in. If you've got a problem for finding them, shoot to Dave an email, and I know he's working on on a document to add to there at the moment. Um, uh, it's helpful to focus your calls around adding value um, or being helpful. So at the moment, that might be things like helpful uh, um, um, healthy homes. Um, in winter, it might be something around you know like a pre winter checklist that you could do. That is just good excuses to. To be able to touch the client after or, or speak to them in the phone call and then send them something. Um, uh, season focus calls are, are good. Um, so, you know, winter, summer, spring, they've all got different sort of um, things where you can be calling the owner for and that the scripts and dialogues highlight that. The second point there, rewards for making calls. So if you're running as a team, um, it, it, it uh, you could have light, what I call light competition within the office in terms of how many calls are made, how many conversions and some rewards around that. Um, uh, but doing it together collectively as a, as a group um, is a bit more fun um, than, than um, you know, sitting. I know a lot of agencies have KPIs around making cold calls um, to owners each month, but if you're doing it as a group, it, yeah, you can have a bit of fun and a bit of banter with it. Um, um, like, for example, in our office, we've got this gong. Anytime we get a new listing or a, a new service uh, sold, we, we, we hit this gong. Um, uh, uh, so you can have, have a bit of fun with, you know, similar, but yeah, pizzas, beer, wine, um, um, whatever it takes. If you're working by yourself, though, as an independent operator, um, setting uh, rewards is, is really helpful because it just incentivizes you to, to, to schedule to time the time and, and really nut down and make those phone calls. Um, so whether it's, um, you know, you, you make, you, you, it's, as you said, you're 10, 10 by 10, you know, and if you do that once a week and, um, and, you, and you set yourself a brunch um, appointment and then if, let's say, you convert a new biz, you, you, you take yourself out for dinner um, with, uh, with a team, a broader team, you can just do, you know, simple things like vouchers. Um, I know when I was in property management, it was always about um, bragging rights across the team. So I didn't, I wasn't too worried about getting the rewards. I just wanted the bragging rights. So it was a bigger team. You can have, you know, you do different things. Um, the third point there, the low hanging fruit, uh, love calls and not cold calls. So who are our low hanging fruit? You've got a, your existing owners. We're approximately 35 to 40% of inbound new business leads come from. Um, so if you've got a, a, a book, um, you can be ringing your owners uh, um, on a regular basis, scheduled regular basis. Um, you've got multiple referrers, so anyone that's referred to you in the past or that you're trying to tap into. So they, they're people that have generally got... Um, access to owners or investors with properties. Um, so that's accountants, um, 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 lawyers with their, their client lists and um, uh, mortgage brokers, um, tradesmen. You know, you got your tradesmen coming through your, your um, portfolio and doing work on those, but quite often they've got lots of other properties that they're, they're working on as well. Um, that's just to name a, a few. Uh, the other one I've noted down is, you know, anyone in your pipeline that you've touched um, um, you could be you be focused on. So these are warm calls or uh, what, what I call love calls to, to warm sort of um, operators and not so cold. Um, but if you're really fearful about making the calls, this is a good way to, 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 to start is with people that you um, have got some sort of association with. Um, uh, transfer documentation, you'll see on our uh, resource library, we've got a transfer um both the transfer checklist, but um, the, the, the documentation was more um, in reference to making it easy for an owner to transfer from one agency to another. A lot, uh, the high majority of owners that are unhappy and want to transfer away don't typically do it because they don't like the conflict around um, terminating. So if you make it super easy for them by um, uh, having them uh, basically sign a, a transfer um, form, 
switch you can load onto your website or you just have have in your in your bdm pack or, or whatever um keep it simple we've got a one pager um the owner just simply needs to sign it and from that point on the uh um bdm or property manager can handle the entire um process um and it gets around that whole conflict so that's just a, you know a way of converting um new business or making uh converting new business a bit easier the last point there free trial periods free marketing packages in competing with the owner so this is just just little things to help converting the new biz um you know don't be afraid to provide a free trial period i used to do um a couple of months for free, but I'd never do it up front. I'd always refund the money. Um, and the reason for that is that the owners got used to paying the fee and then you'd refund them a lump amount of fees after a couple of months. So you've already collected them. Um, so you're not working for free as such. And then you sort of give it back. And, and, and um, uh, there was a, a more of a, a wow or a, or a thank you or appreciation when you do it that way and cleaner cleaner accounting wise um, free marketing packages if you charge marketing there's another thing that you can do to help convert the the business um so for example with an owner marketing their property or you know privately let's say they might have half a dozen average photos whereas uh, you know an agency will typically take 15 to 20 excellent photos um or above average at least um uh, sometimes a video and then they've got um uh script writing that the, the you know the the, the professionally so all these things we think are just sort of standard um part of our work and don't don't sort of hold a lot of um value in them but the reality is is they're they're um compared to a, a privately um uh, um marketed property we're doing it and a much better job so it's just about trying to um provide that as a you know package it up and compete with the owner. Don't don't be afraid of an owner's wanting to um, um, let their own property out. Don't be afraid to compete with them because you're doing a much better job online. And and um, tenants don't typically they prefer to go through an agency for the most part compared to um, um, letting through a private owner. That's my experience um, uh, um, by by far and away. So. Anyway, that's me. I think I've rambled on a little bit too much. Um, I will hand the reins back on to Anoli. Thanks, Amish. That's perfect. All right. So next steps from here, guys. Um, pretty standard. Make a plan. Use some of the stuff that you've learned today. Uh, we've got a couple of questions there um, in the portal. So do um, flick some more questions through. Uh, think about your business. Share it with your team. And, and come up with a bit of a plan. And we've got something coming in the new year as well where we're going to share with you guys. Um, the support. So through this regional partners network here, guys, we can get up to 50% uh, funding for business coaching and some of the consulting type work that we do. And uh, of course, we do all the business health checks and we know it's been a bit hard with uh, COVID and travel, but David is still doing them, doing them remotely. Um, and soon we'll be able to travel, so we'll get stuck into those as well. So please get in touch. You've got some good discounts there, and uh, we're here to help. Okay, so we're off on to questions. So if I can get uh, Ashley and David and Hamish to um, unmute yourselves. Uh, I've got a the first question here is um, for Ashley, um, and we might use this for might use this question actually for all three of you. Um, Ashley, what are you, what are your two points of difference? Um, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> um, they are so um, we have a dedicated living agent, and our living agent has been doing her role for twelve plus years. So um, she, I mean, obviously that's one of the most important parts of the whole process is getting uh, getting the right tenant in. So it just shows, obviously, that we really value that. Um, and that we've got an experience and expertise in that area. Um, and then the other one as well is that um, our, our property managers get KPI called, um, and I'm not, I'm not weird about telling people this, but they get paid a bonus for uh, their service KPIs. So essentially, if they get anything under an eight, so well, actually I'll go back to the start. So 
every three months, 20 of their landlords and 20 of their tenants will get called and they'll get asked to rate our service out of um, out of 10 and uh, give any feedback. Is there any problems that you've had or what have you? Um, and then if they get anything under an eight, they won't get paid their bonus um, or they get a percentage of it. So um, I tell people that because I think that it's a good way to show that we actually do value the customer experience both on the, the landlord and the tenant side. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's too. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and what about you, David? Have you got any things that you had two points of difference? Um, yeah, the, I mean, we, we used to do an all-inclusive management percentage, and I'm aware probably a lot of the clients that we're speaking to at the moment don't do that, but that was one point of difference that we promoted. Uh, I'm just trying to think of things that were a little bit off the radar. I, I mean, we were dealing, and I'm sure a lot of property management companies do this, but actually don't articulate it to potential clients, but we we had a some really good plumbing and electricians um, companies that we were dealing with that would do 24-7 repairs for us. And because we were putting so much business um, through them, you know, they would do it at reasonable rates. And most importantly, we, we, you know, we knew we could trust them to do the job properly. So it's little things like that. Um, you know, it's just about articulating those points of difference um, to those clients, really. Cool. Hamish? Yeah, one thing we used to do, Dave, was the um, money-back guarantee. We used to have a, a certificate that would provide each managed uh, new, new property, no, uh, like a, a money-back guarantee certificate. I'm pretty sure that's on the resource centre. Um, so we put our, um, uh, you, you know, I can't think money where our mouth was, um, basically three months, free fees, free fees um, guaranteed, uh, refunded, no questions asked if you weren't happy, really helped with conversion. I think I only ever paid out on it once in like, um, I don't know, eight years. And actually the, we really fouled something up or, or made it quite a big error. And I, in that case, I actually paid back six months and we retained the management um, because the, there was a major error on our part, but um, it was the only time it got converted. But what it does is it just sort of, made it really easy to convert the client, made them feel really confident. The other things I've got with the broking side of things is that, you know, we're, you know, our points of difference, uh, we're the leading broking firm in New Zealand. So we do the high line share, we probably broke 90% of, so that, that gives the clients a lot of um, confidence and uh, we're specialists and experts in, in, in what we do. But um, yeah, that's just a couple of different things. Um, cool. Um, and I'll just go through, uh, I'll start with you, David, on this one. Any tips for getting referrals from contractors or do we incentivize them? Oh, I think um, a classic one is, is to shout the morning tea on a regular basis and um, go in there and, you know, have morning tea, you know, shouts with, with, them, with them at smoko time. I think that definitely goes a long way. And then obviously having a, some sort of referral system in place with them, but yeah, definitely morning tea shouts work really, really well. Cool. Ashley, have you had anything to do with that, that side? Um, I am probably a little bit cold in terms of, um, I think we give our contractors enough referrals, um, but I wouldn't think that you would want to incent, like they, I think that they should trust you just as much as you should trust them. Um, so I would have thought that, you know, if you can um, show them that you look after them, that whole, I'll, I'll scratch your back, you scratch my back kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, we, we, I mean, we do look after our contractors as well. And I actually, um, I actually spend a lot of time like catching up for coffee and stuff like that with them as well. Um, I think then you've kind of built a really good relationship with them. So, yeah, I think it just comes back to relationship building, really, personally. Well, I'm in between Dave and Ashley because uh, every Friday I do a morning tea shout and I'd have a, a you know, very focused on multiple refer referrers, but um, probably like actually like the tradesmen, they get a lot of work from you. So I used to, I used to remember um, this builder called Tim and I can't think of his last name, but I remember saying, sitting him down one day saying, look, we give you a lot of work. Um, I kind of expect the... Um, 
the uh, the work to flow both ways on this river. It's not flowing both ways. It's not cool. So can you? And and it's funny thing, right? I mean, probably a bit rough, more um, polished than what I was ten years ago with that kind of stuff. But uh, it worked. He started referring because um, he was you know in and out of a lot of properties for other agencies. You know, that said they weren't happy or, or um, privately managed properties and that. And um, yeah, it just started to work both ways. Things like. Um, or if you've got a newsletter, can we communicate in the newsletter to your agent, uh, to your um, client base, and, and and vice versa? You know, can we can we work together for you know in terms of synergy and get, get referrals occurring? So yeah. Mm. Okay, cool. Um, I've got another last question here, guys. Was is um, Hamish? Can you please clarify what you mean by compete with the owner? Oh yeah, yeah. So an example is, and I'm and I'm visualising it right now. It was in Motorola in New Plymouth, and when in my new in my first office, um, literally rocking up to a, an appointment um, uh, with an owner that was privately uh, letting their property out, and I went through, and and I I had my friend sign in the in the car. Um, some people are not comfortable with this kind of stuff. I, I've never had a problem with it, you know. Um, and that was, you know, by the time I got out that door, I wanted a, a commitment in terms of a management authority to to then put that for rent sign up in front of the house and get it get it advertised. And so basically, if a private owner was wanting to let their property out and then was showing it and all the rest of it, I knew that I could do a much better job in terms of advertising uh, with pictures, video, marketing, getting to the property. I'd be, I'd be getting there every day showing it to let it. Um, so I would compete, literally compete with the owner to find a tenant before they would, um, knowing that that I could do do it quicker and better than them. And um, so, I was, yeah. So does that sort of explain it, Manoli? I think it, it does. Or well, I used to do that a lot. I used to get a lot of business that way. It was, it was a funny thing, right? So, um, but you've got to like, be confident enough to um, talk to the owner and, and you know, because you're helping them, right? You know, I'm not going to charge anything unless I find your tenant. Um, yeah, you, you want to let me have a go? And, um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Awesome. All right. Sweet, guys. Uh, thank you for attending. Um, that's um, us today. And uh, hopefully everyone's um, positive and looking at, looking at how they can action today's um, webinar into their business. Sing out if you need a hand. Uh, get in touch with David. The resources are there, and I think David mentioned that he's got a couple of new scripts in there too. So, um, you know, jump in there and have a look, and uh, and we'll go from there. The recording will be out soon, and uh, do share it with your team. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks, everyone. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Awesome.